0: Hey everybody, it's officially draft season and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Everybody, and welcome back to the upside. This is going to be a draft podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks. joining us with the great Stone Hanson And the next in our series guest guests here talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. My friend Alex King. Uh, Alex is not someone who does like basketball reporting yet. Maybe eventually we'll get him into that world. He's uh, you know, just a friend of mine and a big Bucks fan. And you know, I've talked about how with it this potentially being our last 30 for 30 series, I just wanted to have fun with that. I wanted to get friends on and uh, Alex knows ball he's the first person on the pod who's actually hooped with me um I think you're you're one of one there so Alex my friend how you doing
1: I'm doing good today Ray to talk some bucks you know yeah forward to
0: it. absolutely you and I talk bucks a ton we watched we probably watched what like 10-15 bucks games together this year definitely yeah, a maybe couple even playoff games that. maybe even yeah. more than that um but lots of times we'd have it on on the side while we were playing FIFA that me we too. would do that yeah. all the time too so sure. no we uh we have a pretty solid feel for this team. I've watched a ton of Bucks this year. They were, of course, right championship pick. Um, and that uh that didn't go too well. But hey, there's a chance they can say they lost to the eventual champs. So uh maybe it won't be too bad. Stone, before we get too into the Bucs, how are you doing?
2: Doing good. Um excited to talk Bucks. Uh obviously Alex is a real hooper, uh, because Bryce has played against him. So excited yeah. to talk uh talk about this and, and get to it.
0: Oh yeah. No, Alex is, uh, Alex, Alex makes my life hell on defense. That's all I'll say. He's not fun to play against. Um, but let's talk about the bucks because obviously this last year was a weird one for them. They were not pro like they were the best team record wise in basketball this year, but they weren't the best team, like net rating wise. They definitely had some luck go their way um, with like opponent shooting luck and stuff. And obviously that stuff levels out, but I would say like, I didn't feel like there were a ton of questions about this team going into the playoffs. Most people predicted them to kind of roll over the heat, including us. Like, I think I picked that series in four games. Um, And then Giannis gets hurt early in that series. And you're kind of worried, but they win game two by like 30 points. So it's like, oh, maybe it's not a big deal. And it just never, it just never happened. It, It felt like even in that game that went to OT, it kind of felt like they were never actually competitive. Um, as weird as that sounds like it just felt like the Heat had their number they had a beat and then obviously the cascade effect of Bud gets fired they're entering this gigantic offseason that I feel like hasn't been talked about a ton but there are a ton of questions about this team in the offseason so Alex like what are your general kind of feel what are your vibes on this team after last season I mean last season I was really excited going into the postseason right you know
1: I thought they're going to win another championship i thought their their real only competition was boston that ended up not mattering either especially with Middleton looking healthy again when he was back he was back but then he just had some real bad performances and jimmy butler saw him as lunch and you know that was it so um i i think the vibes are definitely down for the bucks right now but i think you know if they can make a few things happen this off season. We can get back on the right direction, you know. Um, getting Adrian Griffin as the new coach should be exciting too. You know, he's uh, looking to. I said in his, he said in his press conference something like he's looking to do a lot of pressing, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, they want to have a really high octane defense. Um, probably won't have as much drop coverage this year. Um, won't give up a, a billion threes a game, which could probably help them out. Uh, come playoff time, so uh, interesting something new will be interesting to watch in the the next year. Um, but like like I said, you know, I, everybody was picking uh, picking them to win the title, so it was, it was really disappointing to see how they went out too. You know, like even when they were up, you know, eleven with two minutes left in game, four, still just felt like you know Miami's going to come back and win this. They couldn't get anything done. It was just uh, post up after post up with Giannis and it wasn't working and uh, you know if you can't get the best player in the world to get a couple buckets down the end of the game it's just not going to happen
0: yeah and and I think there was such a stark contrast between how things went in 2021 where they won the championship and how things went in the first round of this year and even last year I mean you look back at, at how they lost last year and and it just like Giannis for as good as he is and I and I agree with you Alex and I think he's the best player in the world. I think he is. If I could pick one guy in the NBA right now to try and build a team around, it would be Giannis. But at the same time, he's not the type of guy who can just kind of go get you a bucket when you need it. And that means you have to find that elsewhere and that's just a hard thing to do. And Chris Middleton in that 2021 playoffs was really incredible. I think people kind of forget that like Yes, Giannis won Finals MVP, and Giannis had those insane defensive plays and you know huge, huge thirty point like fifteen rebound games, fifty whatever. in the closeout game. Yeah, so. like 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 he was the Finals MVP. Don't get me wrong, but Chris was like a true second star, and okay. you just didn't see that this year. And some of that might have been health stuff, but there's also just like even he is the type of guy who is can get taken out by the right matchup. I think it was a very real thing that. The Suns didn't have a guy to guard him, and Jimmy Butler is, like, the best guy to guard him in the league, maybe. Just someone who can really get into him, prevent him from getting to his spots. Chris Middleton is so reliant on strength at this point because his quickness is just non-existent. And, you know, also, there's probably an argument that Chris Middleton should maybe even be playing the four defensively, but you can't do that when you're... You know, when when you're playing Giannis and Brooke together, and Brooke was great this year, Brooke somehow had his best season ever at 35 years old or whatever. He's one of the most insane in like NBA careers I've seen, where it's just like from where he was to where he is in terms of just like how his game has changed really impressive stuff. But at the same time, playing Giannis as a four and, and Brooke as the five makes some things hard defensively. They were kind of forced into that like heavy drop scheme. and we've kind of seen teams have to get out of drop to beat the Heat. Like like part of what allowed the Heat to beat the Nuggets in game two was that the Nuggets wanted to drop Jokic. Well, if you do that, they're going to try and get into this DHO game with Max Truce or with Duncan Robinson. And if those guys are hitting shots, you just don't have the options to beat it. So let's kind of talk about how best Giannis can be maximized because Giannis is under contract for, I believe, three more years after this. Um, I, I could be two with wrong. a player option. Two with a player, yeah. so probably only two because most times those guys will decline player options, as we'll talk about in a, in a minute with uh, Chris Middleton, of course. But, um, Alex, what would like in your ideal world? What would a team built around Giannis sort of look
1: like? I mean, defensively, it was really close last year. You know, um, I I think that at um, letting. Giannis play with another elite rim protector like Brooke Lopez. It lets him fly around and kind of hop on, uh, hop and help defense and get. Uh, he can protect the rim as well. But then you know he's uh, good at sliding into gaps in defense and clogging up the lane when you have Drew Holiday as the best point of attack defender in the NBA. You know because you if you can beat Drew Holiday, then you run into Brook Lopez down there. You know that's that's elite stuff, right? Uh, but offensively you gotta have somebody who can, you know, run a good pick and roll. And it works well with Chris Middleton. The Chris Middleton Giannis pick and roll combo was a super efficient play in the you know in that series against Miami. They just didn't go to it enough. Um down the stretch of games, they just kept running post-ups and post-ups and not actually running any actions for him. Um, so really the makeup of this team, I don't think there's really that many issues with it having Drew Holiday who can play make a little bit and he can create his own shot. Chris Middleton, also pretty good at that. And even their bench, you know, you have Joe Ingalls who's a pretty good passer. He can take care of that stuff when he comes in and fills in for guys who are starting. Um, So I, I I don't see any real issues there. It's just, uh, you know, making sure you actually run the plays. And, And so I think that's really what happens with, you know, with the firing of coach Bud is that he just wasn't doing anything towards the end of those games. Um, when it comes to, if you want to add somebody else, it's just adding more depth, uh, in the big men. So that way, Giannis doesn't have to play the five as much during the regular season. Um, it works really well in the playoffs, but it you know, really gets him tired out a lot. So if he has to do that over the course of an entire season, I don't know if that would be beneficial for his health because he is, you know, somewhat injury prone. He did miss 20 games this year. He missed close to 20 the year before. He's not somebody who's reliable when it comes to playing 70-plus games a year. Um, and a lot of them are freak injuries, you know, and he comes back from them pretty quickly. But it's still something, you know, to worry about. You just don't want to put too much load on him over the course of an entire season by making him, you know, getting as every single night because he's a guy that's going to give 110% uh, effort even on a Tuesday night in Charlotte. So, you know, I, you just got to kind of watch out for him because he's not going to watch out for himself. You know what I mean? I think
0: um, uh, during that regular season where eventually they won the, the 2020-21 regular season, he only played like 31 minutes a night because they were like so intentional with. We know that if if we push him too hard, he's going to hurt himself because uh, you just that's just who he is. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly how many minutes 90 played this year, but it definitely felt like more, it felt like they leaned on him more. They seemed very into getting that one seed, um, more, you know, a lot of teams kind of will take their foot off the gas purposely. Uh, I think you saw that quite a bit in the West, like just this lack of caring about seeding. But I think specifically, um, the Bucks really wanted to avoid Boston or Philly in the second round, which sound strategy didn't really, didn't really work out, but exactly. Uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And, and getting real, like, impressive depth is, is important. But the tough thing is they're they're um, they're hamstrung in a lot of ways. Uh, and let's kind of let's transition that to free agency a little bit, because I think there's a lot of intrigue here. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys who are on this team who are not going to be there that I don't think we've missed too much. Drogic barely played this year. Myers Leonard, maybe an OK depth big they probably have to bring back wesley matthews they have early bird rights on him so they can only offer him uh i believe that's uh 120% raise so he could only basically get like 2 million but he could probably he would probably come back for the vet men. it seems like he loves milwaukee um they obviously really rely on him um i'm, I'm imagining that the Gnosis is back um yeah. The interesting one is Joe Ingalls. What does that look like? They have they don't have bird rights on him because they only signed him to a one-year deal, so that means they can only give him basically the same contract with slight raise. Um, will he even command that? I don't know. Could they get Joe Ingalls for the minimum? Um, does Joe Ingalls want to go somewhere else? They don't really have any control over him. Jay Crowder, they have bird rights on, so they could re-sign him for basically whatever amount, um, but... He barely played in the playoffs. He was signed to be a playoff player, and Wesley Matthews played more um, in a series that you think would have been like tailor-made for Jake Crowder. You know, oh, yeah, you're big and strong. Go guard Jimmy Butler. Uh, Be a switch guy on the bam, but barely played. But the big one is Chris Middleton. So, Alex, I'll just kind of throw this to you because I know you've done a ton of research on this. What are kind of the options here with Chris Middleton, and where do you kind of expect this to go?
1: So, I mean, there's a couple ways. Chris Milton can handle this himself. He can opt in, um, which I think is for about a little over $30 million this year. Um, and then they're in the same dilemma next season, but he is completely unrestricted at that point. Now, um, oh, Chris Milton's about $40. Um, so, no matter what happens, if they bring him back, you know, they really have no choice but to just try and re sign Brooke Lopez. It's a new CBA. They're going to be in that upper echelon, that second level tax. Um, which really only applies to the super spending teams, um, And it really, you know, there's a bunch of penalties that come with that now. Uh, See, so I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the podcast yet, but um, you can't trade out picks after a certain number of years. You can't bring in any more salary if you're with trade. So like you can't just trade draft picks for a player that's not allowed anymore um, if you're in that second level. And you also can't sign any buyout guys. They wouldn't have been able to make that J Crowder trade. So they kind of just have to roll with the glass that they have throughout the entire season and hope it works out unless they end up trading a big contract at the dead end for you know, significantly less salary um, for other draft picks, and which isn't a terrible idea. They have none um, if they did want to kind of punt a season, but I don't know if you can really afford to do that when you have Giannis. And Drew Holiday also has two years left on his deal. And he has said multiple times now of this off season that he is retiring at the end of his contract. Uh, that'll be the same time Giannis can make his decision. He also has the opportunity to sign an extension this fall. I think he might, depending on how this off season goes, but so, you know, that that's something to worry about later, obviously. But, um, so if Middleton leaves, re-signing for Lopez will be easy, but, um, Brooke Lopez is probably going to get a good amount of money this offseason. I imagine he'll get, you know, twenty plus, twenty five million a season probably for two or three years. Um, and realistically, I don't know if they can afford to do both and do anything else. So if they're content with just running it back with the same squad minus a little bit of depth, maybe getting a couple minimum guys, um, if they can convince the minimum guys to you know, then that would be okay, I guess. But It's still, they really don't have a lot of options. Um, If Middleton does opt out, then I've heard a couple teams are interested in him. It seems like Houston is interested in him. San Antonio might be interested in him now that they are going to be trying to compete for the playoffs basically right away. Um, Those both teams can sign him outright. They don't have to do sign-and-trade kind of deals. There was some talks about a Jalen Green sign-and-trade with uh, Chris Middleton. I'd be shocked if that kind of thing happened. Um, And I don't know how I'd feel about it either. But, um, you know, it's it's just something worth noting. I feel like um, I don't really know where they go from there if if Middleton leaves because they don't have a lot of other options. They'll just be down a guy. So they're kind of really stuck. They just have to throw the kitchen sink at him and give him all the money he wants, which I'm guessing will probably be four years. 160 million, which is his max that he could get. So uh, maybe 165 around there. So it's not yeah. a great situation this offseason for sure.
0: That definitely feels uh so so John Hollinger coined this term forever ago, and and uh you know it's I I still find it useful. The bird rights trap. And that's the issue is like the nice thing about having someone on bird rights like um Chris Mills is that you can't go over the cap without technically impeding on um you know uh uh, tax issues um but that also means that if you can't get them back they decide to sign somewhere else you don't have that money to spend elsewhere you're out of options so and and middleton despite having bird rights is unrestricted i believe he can still get up to what is that uh um 30% 30% of the cap on a different team so obviously the Bucks could pay him the four-year 165 but I think he could go somewhere else and get up to four years 150 I want to say something like that um, pretty close he, yeah. he can still get like pretty damn good money I will say in benefit to the the Bucs with Brook Lopez is that he will be limited by the over 38 rule so he can't demand a four-year contract um, at most he can get I believe three years, maybe only two. It depends when he, he just recently turned 35. So he can get a three-year contract. Um, you know, I guess, I would guess he probably makes at least 22 to 25 million. He's worth that. Um, unless you can really get the hometown discount, which is possible. He seems to like it there. Obviously he won a ring and, and that, um, that really helps soften, soften guys at times. But yeah, this team, this is kind of a team without a ton of options I want to talk a little bit. You mentioned a potential sign and trade with Chris Middleton because I feel like I do feel like that is more realistic than a full on. Um, he just leaves because if a team really wants Middleton, what he can do is he could say, "I want my money from the Bucks, the full four year, one sixty five, and then to be traded on that contract, which is possible. at the, the um, even with the new tax rules, I believe that's still possible." Alex, do you have any like? Side and trade ideas for Chris Middleton that you'd be interested in, or is the only one that kind of weird Jalen Green one that uh, would, would leave you a bit flustered?
1: Well, so I don't know. I don't know who's interested in him outside of Houston. Really. I know some teams would be really happy to have him. Portland would love to have Chris Middleton, but I know Milwaukee is not willing to trade Chris Middleton unless they're getting back pick number three. And I don't know if Portland's willing to trade that pick for Chris Middleton. Right. So I don't see that happening. It could be, I think Portland would offer something like Jeremy Grant. He's also a reason though, so it'd be like a double sign and trade kind of deal, um, which could work. Um, but, you know, you're just downgrading from Chris Middleton to Jeremy Grant then. Um, so I, I don't think that's really worth it. My dream scenario is that they could get Mikel Bridges somehow, but he seems to like it in Brooklyn. Brooklyn seems to really like him. He was awesome in Brooklyn when they traded for him. They're not getting rid of him, so i I don't see um, a way that teams are going to be willing to give up a lot for him, considering his injury history too. so um it's it's really just veteran teams that are looking to add another star um, that have cap space. That's not a lot of teams. Um, so I, I it's not um, a really you know strong scenario that he will get signed and traded anywhere um i I, again there's just not a lot of teams that have expressed interest in him in it anyways and that they're willing to give something up for him other than
0: paying him a bit yeah no i i think that's fair And, and just even like looking through i i feel like a sign and trade is not going to bring back like a really valuable player it's more just a way to get literally anything for Chris Middleton so a couple that makes some sense to me and and some of these will seem really rough the LA Lakers um would be something built around Mo Bamba and um uh Malik Beasley and probably that 17th pick and maybe maybe if Rob Poinka's is like as dumb as we sometimes think he is you could try and finesse Austin Reeves out of that um probably chill, not chill chill <laughs> probably not but I think that's that's a team that makes some sense as as uh, a, a group that could target um, could target Chris Middleton. The Suns are a weird one. They've already sort of said they're not going to guarantee Chris Paul, but like that decision, I don't think has technically been made on the contractual sense. Could you try and build something around a Chris Paul for Chris Middleton swap? It would be weird. I don't know exactly how that would work, but that's kind of the realm i'm looking at it's kind of those teams that are ready to compete the team I, I i could see potentially giving up the most though it would be hard to figure out exactly what this looks like structure wise is the cavaliers they are the team that i think would most benefit from getting chris middleton but they don't have cap space the tough thing is that their money is locked up in players they clearly like um Jared Allen, Evan, Mo- or not Evan Mobley, yeah, uh Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell is where most of their cap is. Um, and they obviously will have to pay Evan Mobley a max basically as soon as he's ready. So that's going to be pretty tough to pull off. But if I was the Cavs, I would be looking to see what I could do because I think they're the team that would most benefit from Chris. But in general, Alex, I'm with you that there's just not a ton of options here. The one that feels most realistic is that Lakers one. And you're not getting a ton there. You know, if you really care about the 17th pick and you could maybe add like a price sense of bomb maybe, but it's still just kind of it's kind of slim pickings. Alex, are there any other kind of trades or even signing ideas or any other roster moves that would kind of excite you for the Bucks here? I think um
1: there's a couple trade ideas that you could do with, you know, the those smaller contracts you could, you know, just trade uh Grayson Allen for you know maybe someone who's not as good of a shooter but a slightly better wing defender i'm not i couldn't give you a name on that but um you get what i'm saying there or I, one that i thought could happen if the clippers decide to blow it up which i think they should um it's it's time for them to move on from two guys that just don't play when they and they pay them each 45 million dollars they could trade both Grayson Allen and Pat Conniston for Norman Powell um I think if you really do have belief that Mahjong Bochamp is going to be able to play, then, you know, having um, Norman Powell would be an awesome bench guy for them. They didn't really have any bench scoring that was reliable this last season. Um, having Powell come in, he was awesome for the Clippers against the Sun. In the playoffs, he you know scored 20 points a game. Um, they they could really use someone like that off the bench. That can just kind of be that spark plug Um I also think that um, if if they just wanted to sign some minimum guys, I, it was really fun having Robin Lopez on the team for a year a couple of years ago. Um, I don't really know if he could even play anymore, but uh, for the social media aspect alone, I would love it. So um, just you know, getting some vet minimum guys that can maybe give you eight to ten minutes a game. Uh, that can just kind of take some of the minutes off of Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, if you do bring those guys back, obviously, that would be really helpful because um, they really can't afford to get any mid-level guys at this point. So um, that, that's that's really the issue there. Um, you, you're basically having some bring guys back, and get guys on the minimum, and you just kind of roll with it. It's like doing a a 2k rebuild where you spend all your money the first year and you're just kind of stuck with it after that.
0: Like I, I always like to do this where I just kind of scroll through like free agents. Like maybe the thing they have to do is like, just like take swings on random guys, like bring in a Kevin Knox. I don't know. He looked okay for like a, a two month stretch for Portland, like whatever, take a, take a bet on that. I would actually be really interested to see them go after someone like, a, like if you could, do some sort of sign and swap for Grant Williams. I think that would be a fun, like, um, I, I don't know exactly how that would work. It would obviously have to involve Marjohn. Um, As far as tradable contracts for the, like this team actually does have a solid, like chunk of middle tier contracts with Bobby Portis making 11 million, Pat Connaughton making nine, Grayson Allen making eight. Um, and then obviously MarJon is lower than that at 2.6, but it's still sort of, you know, tradable. He, I, I, if teams see him as like a good asset, you know, but like, I think this is a team that should go after second draft guys, which is, you know, like guys who maybe didn't work out on their first team, but if you think you can make something out of them, a Dylan Windler would be a good bet for me. Um, you mentioned like trading a Grace Now for like a wing defender. I'd like Najee Marshall here a lot. I also think he could maybe run some bench units as like the, not point guard, but can dribble a little bit, can keep pushing the pace. If Justice Winslow was healthy, he'd be a great fit. Um, he hasn't been healthy in about eight years, but you know that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Stone, are there any trade ideas or free agents or anyone for you that stands out as someone you think could um, help this team?
2: Uh, it's tough. I mean, as a Lakers fan, we're kind of in the same boat of just looking, you know, picking over the scrap heap of of what guys might be available. Um, there, there's not a lot. Like, there, there's not a whole lot that I'm super interested in. Like the guys you named are fine none of it really moves the needle a whole lot from where the, the uh, bucks are currently. Um, I think the, the big thing for me, the route I would go is just stay with what you have, try and stay with what you have um, and and try and run it back. Like I think Giannis's health was obviously the big thing. If you have a healthy Giannis, like who's to say they can't go all the way. Like, I think that that's still a real possibility with this squad obviously Middleton has taken a step back from a couple years ago but I think that they still have enough firepower to really do it Um, and I think that the underrated aspect of free agency for a lot of people is like yeah it's easy to look at team success and what other offers might be out there and obviously those are big factors but also like the relationship that he might have with the Bucks like Middleton's been there for a long time and he's like really good friends with Giannis I think that there's a pretty good chance that both him and Brooke are just returning and opt in, uh, keep their money, keep keep that squad going and, and, and run it back for next year. And I think if you do that, apart from like a couple minor tweaks of like guys you have mentioned already, like backup wings maybe, I think for the most part this team is still good enough to really contend um, without having to make any major moves. Like I think you can add a couple – decent pieces maybe um maybe marjon takes that leap as a as a wing guy that can fill some minutes next year but i think for the most part i would be fine with with trying to just do it again and see if the squad can stay healthy
0: i'm very high on marjon for what that's worth
2: um no
0: i'm with you i I think on nba twitter we can kind of get into this mode where everything is like a big overreaction and and i think we've even seen this with the the nuggets to me are a perfect example of Sometimes if you just stay the course, you'll just break through eventually. Like, not every team is, if they win a championship, going to just do it every year over and over. Like, we have not th- – this is not the Warriors. This is not the, the you know, 90s Bulls. You know, even the Spurs. Like, the Spurs are considered one of the greatest dynasties ever, right? Like, would consistently go a couple years without winning a championship, come back, get there. Like, don't – it's you don't have to overreact to this – one loss and obviously it's two years in a row they lost but um you know they did break through in 2021 and if if the cards break right the nba is at a point where there's a lot of parity i think every year you know five to six teams can can win the championship like I, i think there were probably five teams with a legit shot at a championship this year um and the nuggets are the one but it could have been the heat it could have been the bucks it could have been you know, whoever the the Celtics, especially seem like an obvious one, but I I think next year will be the same way. I don't think there's any team running away with the chip right now. So I don't think you have to overreact. I think if you just run this team back, uh, give yourself some time, eventually Chris Middleton's legs are going to go that 2025 offseason is going to be crazy. But I think for now you can kind of just push back. Um, Alex, just quickly, do you think there's any chance that this Bucks team will look to move up into the first round or higher into the second? Or do you kind of predict them to just stay pat and, and, and pick at fifty-eight?
1: They would have to get rid of probably some guy that actually plays in their rotation. They don't have any other draft picks that they can trade at the moment. I think they do have a tradable 2028 20, first. I don't think it's really worth it to move into the first round just for a you know far future first round pick. Um I think if they just, they'll they probably just stay at 58, that guy will probably not make the roster, probably play summer league, play for the herd this season. Maybe, you know, comes up uh, on the, the taxi squad or whatever for the playoffs. But, um, you know, he's not going to see real minutes uh, in the NBA. It's very unlikely. It would be cool. The best case scenario for the draft is they get a guy that can play, you know, five to 10 minutes a game. I don't see any reality where someone's going to come in and contribute right away. It'd be cool. I, I think, you know, they could go a couple ways with it. They don't really need any wings because uh, they have a, a good amount of them that so they're, I mean, with Marjan too, they're still developing him. Um, so getting somebody like a big man who can, you know, potentially just play a couple minutes minutes um, in the second quarter or something like that, maybe I, I kind of like the idea of, uh, you know, an older point guard, too, but you can get a lot of those guys as undrafted free agents too. So, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they'll do there. I think an older point guard could be helpful because that person could just, you know, run a couple pick and rolls in the second quarter, you know, get two assists, throwing lobs to Giannis, and Brook Lopez, and then check out when so that Holiday can come back in, right? So, um, I, as a coog fan, want Mohamed Gay, but he doesn't really fit well. Um, I don't know what he would do. I don't think he would play very much. So he'll probably uh get drafted before them anyways. Um I right, uh like Marquise Noel maybe, um, as a point guard there. Um I've seen Tiger Campbell in person, so I know that he can run a pick and roll all right and he doesn't turn it over much, but he's you know like five ten and slow, so I don't think he'll translate to the NBA very well.
0: Um Alex loves you know. Tiger Campbell because he plays exactly like Tiger Campbell. <laughs> 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 uh, offensively, at least. Um, no, I think you bring up some interesting names, and I do like, so I'll say you mentioned this guy probably not going to make the roster. I at least hope, and this might be wishful thinking, this is the first draft where we're seeing uh, three two ways, and also this this uh, new second round, like there, there's a new part of the cap that is just like an allotment of money for second round picks. So it won't come out of the mid-level because it used to be if you drafted a second round pick, that money came out of the mid-level exception. So that's why we got to a point where we were seeing so few teams actually give real contracts to second round picks. I'm hoping we're going to see at least five to 10 more guys get drafted in the second round and get real contracts and every one of the second round, at least get a two-way or be stashed overseas. The last thing, the thing I hate most is when a dude gets drafted and is it even stashed overseas? They just literally don't tender him a contract. It's just like again, I've brought him up a million times. The Marcus Zagorowski, Raquan Gray, like that shit drives me nuts. And I got why teams did it. It probably made financial sense to do it. But I'm hoping these new rules will kind of add a wrinkle to that. And a team like the Bucks, you mentioned, like how nice it would be to just have guys who could come in and play five to ten minutes. They're a team that is eventually going to need to hit on some some picks because you cheap contributors with the new tax rules are going to be so much more valuable, even if they're not guys who could play in the playoffs or really increase this team ceiling, like being able to have guys for cheap that are um, able to just play 15 minutes a game on a random Tuesday night in Charlotte. Like that's a valuable guy Uh, at 58. That's obviously a little deep to get one, but it's possible. We've seen guys, you know, go undrafted and, and, and have these types of careers and, um you know get one of these guys on a two-way I really do think Muhammad Gay would be interesting here I think he can shoot um I don't know He's his defense is rough um and that's like he's he's a weird fit but like could you see him like potentially playing next to Giannis as like like a weird four or five if they were gonna press and do like this like switching scheme thing like I don't know it's like a weird bet at that I think Adrian Griffin is going to do some some funky stuff like um, and, and and I I value that and and Gay could fit into that. Uh, another guy for me, you mentioned point guards. If Mike, My- if they could find a way to get Mike Miles, I think that would be like the steal of the draft. Whether that be at fifty eight or an undrafted free agency, the Bucks are a team where I think if they're willing to be like, hey, actually, if you come to our team on a two way, we might play you because we're so thin could maybe get some guys who are projected to go higher in the draft to purposely fall to them. And Mike Miles Jr. feels like a perfect candidate for that. Just really good point guard lives at the rim, good defender who could switch, but also just guard at the point of attack and a drop as well. Uh, Pretty good shooter, not a great shooter, but kind of fun. Um, I I think there's something there. This would also be a place where I would like uh, Andrew Funk um, because I do think this team misses like a Kyle Corver type, and he shoots exactly like Kyle Corver. He he's slow, he's unathletic, he's not a good ball handler or passer, but man, the shot looks really good. And I, I, I can't help but love him.
2: Stone, is there anyone who stands out to you as guys
0: you would like here on the Bucks?
2: Uh yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little more optimistic that there's like a pathway to minutes for a couple of these guys, and maybe you know their first year isn't that great, but I think that there's a pathway to them, you know, getting eventual rotation minutes at 58. It's obviously a longer shot than a lot higher, but I think that um, there's still value to be had when guys drop far. Uh, Charles Bediaco obviously is like a backup center option. I think would make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know if he falls this far, even, I think he might actually get drafted, but um at 58 there's a chance and I think that he could really do some things um as that backup guy and play you know 10 minutes and and, and be effective another guy I don't think we've brought up yet that I would like as more of a backup wing option as the current wings like age out like maybe Jay Crowder and, and Joe Ingles aren't there in the long term um Dexter Dennis is interesting to me as someone that um super athletic super quick uh mover and I think has like some underrated passing chops um, and can shoot open spot ups. Like I think that he just fills a wing need that um, might be there eventually after uh, some of these guys end up, um, you know, aging out a bit. So there's a couple guys I think, you know, that that could make an impact. Um, It's obviously a longer shot when you're picking at 58, but uh, it's not unheard of, I guess. They have actually they have actually worked out
0: Bettyaka which I find interesting. Um they worked out uh Nathan Mensa, another like like kind of classic big man Oscar Shiway they worked out wouldn't love that they clearly like their workouts do make it do look like they're looking for a big um in some way or another um I also like I like to look through teams workouts Amari Moore would be interesting here I kind of like more um I don't think stone does very much but I, I like Amari more a little bit um, so yeah, there, there's a, there's kind of a group of names, obviously an undrafted free agency. It's kind of pick your poison. Um, uh, I've noticed as I've worked through this class, um, the, there's just not a lot of youth, um, with NIL college is getting older and that means the draft is getting older. It used to be guys, you know, if they wanted to go, pro, if they wanted to make money, they had to go pro. So even if they didn't, um, even if they didn't think they were going to get drafted, they were like, well, I'm ready to make money now. And it's just not like that anymore. There's one incentive to stay in college. You're seeing guys, you know, drafts get older and older. So finding like guys at the back end of the draft that, that I like see having any type of upside is kind of harder. Maybe I'll shout out to Marcus Bagley who kind of helped me realize this because he's like one of the only like young guys in the class. Um, there's obviously some like weird personality stuff there, but I think he could really shoot at six, eight for whatever that's worth. Um, at the end of these, we kind of like to get into big picture stuff. We like to take a step out and look at the team as a whole and, and how their offseason could go. And we like to do that in kind of this worst-case, best-case scenario. Alex, what is the absolute worst case for the Bucs this offseason? Um, uh, you know, you lose Chris Middleton
1: and Brooke Lopez for nothing. It's a real possibility because, you know, they – they might have an owner who doesn't want to be in that second level of the tax. Um, so if you have an owner who doesn't want to pay for a lot, then which hasn't really been the case recently, but you never know. Um billionaires like to be cheap. So, uh, you know, if he doesn't want to pay them, then that would be awful. Right. You you have nothing left. Yeah. Drew and Giannis, which you'll be competitive, but you're not competing for a championship without Lopez and Middleton. Yeah. Maybe your best hope is making the Eastern Conference Finals, but, uh, you know, you can only get so far without Middleton. You saw that last year when they played. Everyone else was healthy, but, you know, you got to a game seven and everyone was exhausted by the end of it, and you just got blown out by Boston. So, um yeah, I I think I don't know. I I don't see a reality where I think be worse than that. Or I guess if Giannis acts that, that too, that would
0: be really bad. But yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in terms of realism, I think that's I think you're right. That is probably the worst case scenario. I mean, and the only other thing I'd throw in there is like, you know, if they if they maybe did some also like horrible trade with like Conniston Allen and Beauchamp and got someone who like doesn't fit or you know, is hurt all the time or, or whatever. Like, there is a world where that could happen too. But you're right. Like, something we did talk about, but I like that you brought it up. This team for a long time had a track record of being absurdly cheap, and they paid the tax one year and won the finals. And, you know, so it's kind of like, um, how are teams like this going to be affected by the new apron stuff? Because I think we think about it a lot in terms of the Balmers and the Lake-Ups of the world in, in Golden State and, and with the Clippers. Like, those teams that are exorbitantly expensive and and their owners are willing to sign every check because they don't care they're so stupid rich and you know this this whole thing was kind of put in place to hurt them to make it harder for them to do that but i also think it could hurt these teams where their owners are kind of wishy-washy on the tax in general and now there's this extra tightening of the screws on what paying that tax is like I could see them being, you know, wanting to duck it, maybe not paying Chris if, if he exceeds a certain amount, doing some sort of bad sign to trade with him just to to make sure they have some value. Um, it's definitely a possible scenario. We like to end these positively. Uh Alex, what's the best case scenario for the Bucks this offseason?
1: season? it's really not that exciting. It's just bring everybody back, you know. Um, you bring back Middleton, you bring back Lopez, get a solid vet on the minimum maybe two of them um i i really would be happy with that this offseason you know just run it back with the same squad maybe a couple depth pieces but um they they were right there you know i still i still believe if Janov didn't get hurt and you know halfway through the first quarter of game one they win that series against miami um you know who knows that miami team is so weird but uh still I, I think that they would have had a good chance um, and, you know, past that, who knows, right? They're in the Eastern Conference finals. They're, I mean, they're beating New York. So, um, you know, I, it's uh, two years in a row where the season ended because of injuries, um, if that's what you want to say. It didn't technically end with everyone injured this year, but um, I think, I'd be happy with just running it back with the same squad for another year or two. And then, you know, you can worry about the point guard situation when Drew retires. And, you know, if Giannis doesn't sign that extension this fall, then you have to worry about him opting out, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, you just got to worry about July for now. So um, I I, would, I think it's likely that one of them will come back. I would say there's a decent chance that both do but there is a real reality where, you know, one of them is gone. Um, and that would really be nice bring this team next season. They would have to probably try and make some deal at the deadline, getting rid of a couple of their role guys like Allen, Connaughton. Um, I don't think they can really afford to bring Crowder back, especially if he's not going to play for them. He's going to be pretty expensive. Um, so I, I don't know. And he shouldn't be that expensive because he's not that good anymore. But, um, you know i I just don't think it's worth it for them to bring him back, so, um, not much of a loss there. You spent five second round picks for a guy that didn't play, and then you know, bringing him back, so that kind of hurts. but um i again i I would just be really happy if they could bring everybody back. A uh, new coach, I'm excited about him. I don't know a whole a lot about Adrian Griffin, but everything I've read about him recently, it seems like you know all the stuff that he's willing to try is gonna be new and interesting. Um, so I, I think it'll be a good fit there too. It seems like Giannis and Chris met with him for dinner. So Chris is invested at least in trying to find a new coach. Um, I don't think Drew Holiday was invited to this dinner, which I think is kind of weird. Um, don't want to read into that too much, but, uh, you know, something I I noticed. Um, so It seems like Chris would like to say him and Giannis are boys, you know, as you mentioned earlier. um, Brooke Lopez is going to be the hard one to uh, to pay um, if you're the owner in this situation I feel like because he's so old he's going to be making a lot of money and a lot of teams want a big man that can be reliable when it comes playoff time and he can stretch the floor. You know, he's still a really good shooter so um, he's going to be a hot commodity this offseason. I think they really got to Lay the groundwork now. So you, that, you know. um So, like I said earlier, you got to bring in Rolo, man. To <laughs> convince him to come back, and his brothers there.
0: That's uh I already do with the <laughs> Gnosis, So <laughs> <laughs> just build, just build the brothers team. No, I um, exactly. I think that's a great that's a great way to kind of look at things. And and it's so funny doing this series. We've got a lot of, um, you know, run it back is either the worst case or the best case scenario for a lot of teams. We've had a lot of people come in and say, the worst thing we can do is run it back. Even teams that you wouldn't think the warriors when, when, uh, when Charlie Cummings came on was like, yeah, actually we shouldn't run it back. We run it back. That's our worst case scenario. But for the bucks, I think it makes a lot of sense. Just keep pushing with this squad, figure something out. You mentioned Chris Middleton's involvement for what it's worth. I think bud is a very good coach. I think he should still have a job at the NBA at the same time. I think he was the biggest problem with this team this year. Um, because he's so slow to adjust Uh, and and Giannis is the type of guy where I think a more creative coach could really maximize him especially in the playoffs so hopefully that's Adrian Griffin obviously there's no track record there so it's hard to say but he's been an assistant for a long time nurse for all his faults is very willing to try things so you kind of hope that transfers to um, to to Adrian Griffin into this Bucks team and and I'm fascinated to see how it goes Um, I will say too like briefly like I wouldn't be shocked if none of their like role players are back. Like Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles, both those guys are probably gone. Drogic, Wenner, I, Matthews is probably back. But other than that, I think they'll they'll probably have to bring in a whole new crop of like, uh you know, minimum guys. So be interested to see what that looks like. Like I said, I, I would be going after like younger guys trying to get maybe a little more athletic. I thought this team really lacked athleticism on the perimeter. Um, but at the same time, Obviously, they value shooting and, and stuff like that. So very fascinating to see how it goes. Alex, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on. I know you're you're a busy guy and and um, obviously a good friend of mine. And it, it's been exciting to have you on. I know you've been listening for for quite a while. So we thank you. And uh, I know you don't do a ton of public work, but uh, you know, you got any final thoughts on the Bucks before we get out of here? Uh,
1: no, man. I'm I'm just ready to see this next season. Uh, I think Giannis is hungry. Um, you know, I, I think him and Marjan went to Greece together recently. So, you know, um, they're probably working out. I, I like to see, you know, the young guy working out with Giannis um, in the gym with the Ante the Coombe bros. I hope that I, I think one thing that I'd be really excited to see is just have him grow into a role where he can play a little bit. Um, you know, I think he could be a really good asset for them. So I, I, mean, I am very excited for this next upcoming season, though. It was disappointing this year, but I'm still, you know,
0: optimistic. There were also a lot of fun moments, though. Like, obviously, it ends disappointing, but, it like, this was a fun season in a lot of ways. They Absolutely. were a fun team. And yeah. I think Giannis is bound for another MVP here soon. I... uh feel in my bones and now you know I'm all in on Marjon. You know that's my boy. So oh yeah yeah no this has been great. Shout out to Alex again for coming on uh for stone out report underscore court I'm at Bryce center 14. Make sure you give us a like rating review all that fun stuff uh check out the website if you want to see everyone the bucks have worked out uh we have workout trackers up there uh we also of course will have a r- little report on them and, and what we think of them in the draft scouting reports all that stuff this has been the upside swings and be draft podcast we hope we are ceiling thank you We'd once again like to thank the people at globalshopsolutions.com. Solutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.